Welcome back to Pas de Deux, listeners. I am your host, Clara, doing a solo interview um, with Christopher LaPlante, who was born and raised in St. Paul Park, Minnesota. After earning his BFA from the University of Minnesota's Minneapolis Dance Program, Chris danced with Two Dance, Twin Cities Ballet, Xenon Dance Company, Minnesota Opera, and Arena Dances. He has also done projects with Colleen McClellan-Uland, Catherine Wright, and his colleagues Jessica Briggs and Nicholas Lemaire. Chris has presented his own choreography at the 9x22 Theater in Minneapolis, the University of Wisconsin River Falls Dance Program, and at numerous venues for site-specific works. In New York, he has had the opportunity to dance with Abraham in Motion, to collaborate on a solo with Yoshido Sakuraba, and to dance in a commercial for Coca-Cola. We'll also learn more about Chris's teaching endeavors and additional choreography. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for coming through. Or I should say, uh, thanks for hosting me, because we're in your apartment. <laughs> so, That's right. So, yeah, we, we always start from the beginning. Uh, tell us about your training sure. and uh, how you got started in dance sure. in Minnesota. Sure. Yeah, uh, well, I started when I was five. I don't remember why I started. Somebody asked me that when I was 20 three-ish, 24. And I had to really think because nobody ever asked me that, and I never asked myself that. And so I was just like, I don't know. So let me ask my mom quick. I asked my mom, and because uh, I was like, maybe I saw like Michael Jackson or something like that. And then I was just like, yeah. you know, Mom, I want to do this. And she's like, no, you just asked. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I was there for, I was at the academy for a couple of years. I was the only boy, so I didn't like it. You know, because mm-hmm. you're a little boy, five, six years old, and if you're the only boy, it's like, it's not so fun. So I told my mom that, uh, I told my mom that, and she told me about the studio that I had a couple cousins going to at the time, which was Larkin Dance Studio. Mm-hmm. She told me that there's, you know, other guys that danced there too. So I was like, and she's like, if if you could dance with, like, you know, more boys in your class, would you want to go? And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So I went, and yeah, I was there until I was 18. Just started to like it more and more and more. Just gradually started dancing more days, of, you know, more and more days of the week. For longer times and then when I was about 12 or 13 um, Michelle she's that's when I started really taking class from Michelle Larkin who's kind of like the main you know the main teacher there and she saw that I had a lot of potential and stuff and then she really started encouraging me to start just to try to start taking classes with the competing kids so I can start doing the dances and stuff with them and competing with them I remember my dad wasn't really like I think because just was because it was kind of far it was like maybe like about 25 minute drive or whatever you know and so I think my dad combination of like you know his first kid like you know uh early mid-ish 90s getting really into dance uh and then like having to drive really far away and wait for a while and then drive really far away again yeah after a while he's just like mm, i don't know christopher this is a lot i remember i sat down with him and i was like i think i was like like 13 and i was like crying my eyes i was like you're killing you're, you're killing my dreams or something like that as an adult now, I think about that, and I was just like, Jesus, I can't, I can't imagine, like, how much that would have been, like, okay, clearly he really wants to do this, so he sat me down, like, the next day or something like that, and he was just like, if this is what you really want to do, that's cool, that's great, you can do it, so I was like, all right, cool. By the time I was, like, 17, 18, I was at the studio, like, six days of the week, six, seven days of the week, um, for at least two hours, most of the time, it was, like, you know, about four or five hours or something like that. I, at that time, though, I didn't really know anything about, like, concert dance and stuff, like, I just thought, like professionally you can maybe like teach at a studio and then maybe like do some background dancing or something like that or music video dancing and stuff like I didn't I had no idea about that whole world right wow so you never your parents never took you to ballet performances or dance no, performances in no, Minneapolis no and then you know classical ballet dance performances and stuff just from you know watching some things on tv like the nutcracker and stuff like that right. when that would come on and mm-hmm. stuff huh. yeah and Larkin is uh, a well-known competition dance school in 
in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Minnesota too. And it's funny because there's always that kind of divide between kids at the pre-professional studio mm-hmm. and then the competition schools. Yeah. And sometimes there's a crossover, but I remember actually some guys from Larkin joining our, our dance studio at some mm-hmm. point. And yeah. the training was really good and they were um, really virtuosic with some of the turning and mm-hmm. jumping and everything. Yeah. So that's what competition studios like drill is like, you got to get those turns, you got to get those leaps. Yeah. You know. Was that part of what was so fun about it? Getting to go to the competitions. Do you think that really kept you um, interested? It was a combination of the competitions. That was a lot of fun. Just the whole kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A spectacle of mm-hmm. it. So there's that, but then just kind of like the camaraderie with like my friends and stuff. And then also, yeah. but then it's just because I really love doing it, you know? Yeah. And this was like pre-internet, really, for the most part. I didn't really have like the tools or knowledge of the tools at that time uh, to try to like put my feelers out for more like information on dance and stuff like this. Yeah. Growing up in a small town, like you know, firstborn, like my parents didn't really know anything about. So you were the dance pioneer in your family. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So and how did how then did you become aware of the concert dance world, or how did you? kind of launched this career uh it was when i went to college like it was an assignment to go see you know works and then the first thing that i saw i was like this is a thing like you do this people do this and you get paid to do this what <laughs> like, it, it totally blew That's my mind awesome. i was just like okay this is what i'm gonna do so what um what genre do you think you do mostly dance in or what type of dance have you targeted or i mean maybe you've been all over the spectrum sure, yeah yeah i enjoy all of it just as long as like the work that we're doing has a, a solid intent behind it uh i really enjoy breaking oh um, my god how did you learn breaking when i was like 12 or 13 i started to teach myself how to pop and wave and boogaloo and stuff huh. um those it was footloose that really kind of like uh at the end of footloose the the tall like linky guy he was like like i learned from him like i literally was like i went frame by frame and just mimicked what his body was with my body. Oh my god, I was going to ask because this is pre-YouTube, I assume. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it actually, so you found yeah. a specific yep, yep, yep. <gasps> scene. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And then just like kind of like watching, like watching like Usher and stuff like that. How he would mm-hmm. glide, and you know, I would kind of like learn and pick up how to do that and stuff. And then when school dances were, you know, what happened? Like, oh, there's Chris. What's going to happen? What's he going to do? <laughs> and so during that time, I kind of picked up some elements of breaking, but I didn't really know how the dots connected. Um, and it was a class in college. Uh, it was OG B-Boy in Minnesota, uh, Daylight, mm-hmm. B-Boy Daylight. And he um, he saw that I the stuff that he was teaching and stuff, I already knew. Yeah. And so he just taught me, like, a, a get-down, which is just basically the transition from doing, like, Top Rocks and doing footwork. What's Top Rocks? Like? Top Rocks is all the stuff that you'll see, like, a breaker do in the beginning while they're standing up. So it's just kind of more or less they're, they're dancing while, while they're on their feet. And he just showed me a, a really simple get down and, like, the light bulb just, like, blasted on. I was just like, oh, okay, I understand now. So that really kind of, like, was the catalyst for me to start really taking it seriously. And that didn't happen until I was, like, maybe, like, 20, 21. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty late. I came in really late to the breaking dance. A lot of times, like, you're 20, 21 as a B-boy or a B-girl. You're, like, a seasoned mm-hmm. or you're done. You're retired. So, yeah, yeah. At that time, too, the Minnesota breaking scene was really starting to um, 
it was there, but it was really like it was really starting to churn and, and bubble in a really positive way. It was just really starting mm-hmm. to grow. Mm-hmm. And how do you? Where does one perform break dance? I mean, there aren't really companies that would pay you and put on performances. There, there right? actually, there actually are. There okay. actually are. Uh, the guy, there's this uh, guy, a choreographer I've been working with for the last three years. Like his name is Rafael Xavier. He's based out in Philly, okay. and that's exactly that's specifically what he does. Is just breaking choreography that's and stuff. That's so cool. And, and you guys put on performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been touring. Mm, pretty extensively on the north northeast coast so it's been great that's been a lot of fun like i went to martha's vineyard twice with that and that was i love that place the yard is Mm. awesome i love that place and just working with him in general is it's really really awesome i really enjoy working with raf definitely my breaking skills have grown exponentially like the way he breaks it down and stuff it's um it's really amazing like i never like i remember the first time i saw him teach a class i was just like because I've taught hip-hop classes and stuff and breaking specific classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I never thought of it that. Like, it was just, like, how he did it was just so smooth and so simple and, like, so non-threatening. Because a lot of times when, when people, especially kids, if they're if it's kind of, like, put on them, like, uh, part of, like, a master class or whatever from a touring artist, like, mm-hmm. that can be really intimidating. Because when you see yeah. breaking it, if you don't know anything of it, like, it's just, like, a whirlwind of activity. Like, you don't know what, like, it. It doesn't look like there's much to it. Yeah. But he broke it down in just such a really genius way. I was just like, wow, holy crap. So I, I really tried to, like, capture some of that from my own my own ideas for teaching and stuff. Yeah, so there's him. Uh, there's this company out in Minnesota now that just formed a couple of years ago called uh, Breakfast, which is, um, uh, like, four, three or four uh, B-boys, uh, one B-girl, and then another girl that's, like, kind of like an all-around dancer. So yeah, it's they're they're slowly starting to you know pop up and stuff. So. Wow! When you first got into it, though, was it more like a club based dance or a class based? Sure, yeah. Thing? Um, it was uh, two things. So like a lot of times with breaking, there's um sessions like uh, just practice sessions where it's just it's literally just just a bunch of people coming in to a big space and just practicing. Yeah. Um, whether that's off the, you know in the corner by themselves or usually there's like you know like a, a three-ish circles or something like that. however many mm-hmm. circles the space can hold yeah and you know people just going in and out going in and out of the cypher and stuff working on things um you know people you know the people that you're practicing with especially if they're part of a crew that you're in they'll see that what you're working on they'll you know they'll really try to help you out That's awesome. um and then there's also the club atmosphere of like uh when when i was getting into it first dab on saturdays was like one of the spots to go to the stage would open up and a lot of times like that's where that's where the breakers would be mm-hmm. and i remember the first time i saw it i was just like i was super intimidated because i thought i was like yeah i'm cool i got this yeah, yeah. and i sell and i go <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> actually i need to practice a little bit more but it was really great it was a lot of fun yeah. yeah so mostly like most of the time with breaking it's either like sessions sometimes clubs or um or battles Okay. That's the biggest thing. And I never – I wasn't a huge battle um, battle breaker just because a lot of times when that would happen, I would either have to work. Uh, oftentimes it would be like on Saturdays, and I used to work at – dance at bar, bar and bat mitzvahs. Oh. And so like oh, that, would, cool. that would – yeah, that would interfere with that. So. Well, it's so cool that you worked with um, Yuri, Yuri mm-hmm. Sands yeah. of Two Dance. He yeah. was on our, our podcast a few years ago, and mm-hmm. I had uh, taken classes from Tony. Mm-hmm. Growing up, um, the other half of, of two. Mm-hmm. The T and two. T, T, yes, the T and two, Tony, Yuri. Did you start dancing with them after after graduating from the U of M? Yeah, so that, that was pretty um, pretty magical how I fell into that. I, I remember the first time I saw them, it was at the Southern Theater, and they were doing this piece called Tones of Adney. And there was, it was first of all, it was on White Marley. Mm-hmm. And the fir- that was the first time I ever saw that. I was just like, whoa. 
it's always black. It's, yeah, black or dark gray or something like that. that. It was yeah. a, so that was the first thing I was just like, Jesus, this is gorgeous already. Because yeah. the Southern Theater, that beautiful, um, the open like stonework that has like you know all those layers of like torn off paint and stuff. So yeah. just like all the beautiful. age in the building with yeah. the white floor and stuff, I was just like, wow, this is beautiful. And the piece started off with uh, I think it was like uh, the whole it was a whole company I, be, I believe, and it was like twelve or thirteen dancers, and they're all wearing um, flesh color like you know short sleeve biker unitards and flesh um slippers mm. and they're all sprout out uh like on a like a starfish stomachs down and they are the music is like really like it's it's permeating it's like it's it's mellow and, and calm but it's got this like energy that's like bubbling underneath and stuff mm-hmm. so already you're just kind of like oh, like something something is about to happen yeah. not, not necessarily bad but just something is gonna go down mm-hmm. and you just see like a flick of the wrist and then it's a, and then it's a cannon, right? So like, oh, it's just, a, and then and then not only that, it's an accumulation. So then it's like a flick of the wrist, and then it like flexes up to come, you know, to bring the elbow up or whatever. And then mm-hmm. that just happens again, and it just kept on going. I was just like, I was just like, oh my god, holy cow! Wow. And then after that performance, I was just like, there's nobody in the state I want to dance with besides them. Like, I, it was like my goal, like that. I made it my goal. Mm. And so, like, I remember every time I'd see a performance, I'd come home and I'd, like, improv for, like, a half hour, hour, whatever it was. Mm. I was just so inspired. I was just like, that's so amazing. And then Yuri, he set a piece uh, at the university for one of the UDT performances. It was Happy. Still, to this day, the hardest dance I've ever done. It was only eight minutes. I've done dances much longer than that. But Mm. it was, um, it was, it was hard. It was a breather. It was a breather. And uh, so he got to work with me there. And Tony was my teacher. Um, at the university throughout my whole time when I was there. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, so, so you had the connection there. Okay. Exactly, so I had the connection there. And um, one day we were having uh, conferences for my modern class, you know, like you have the conferences instead of like a midterm or something like that just to mm-hmm. see how you're doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, she was just asking me the normal questions, like, you know, how you doing? Are you still – and this was my second year in the, like, advanced modern class. So she's just saying, like, you know, or just asking, like, are you, are you getting bored? Are you finding – you still finding challenges and stuff? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm finding – like, I'm definitely not getting bored. Like, you know, I'm def- there's always something to explore and find and – you're like, oh, wait, there's this is happening with my body. Oh, this is – oh, wait, it should be here. Like, there's always something. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. – and she's like, okay, yeah. And so then after that, she's like, me and Yuri have been talking. And in my head, I'm like <gasps> – and so then she's just like, yeah, we want you to come through and, and, and apprentice with us. And, and had you ever mentioned that you were interested? No, in- no. At that time, my plan was like, you know, graduate from college, get done, and like just really try to like get my technique up. Because um, I'm not like – like I can – my ballet is okay, but especially at that time, it was not – super good and like yuri has like he's kind of like a male bunhead in a sense you know so it's really technically exactly so i was just like i'm gonna go like you know try to take class for like you know really solid for like two three years maybe and then just like during that time just try to see if i can take class with them just try to like you know wiggle my way in and yeah and she asked and i was just like i was stunned like my face didn't show anything and so tony was worried that i didn't want to do it so she's like okay well just give me until the end of the week and to let me know and in my head i was just like i think i was just like okay yeah, yeah okay and I left, and I was just like, what? Wow. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was magical. It, it was magical. Was so meant to be. You mm-hmm. had this whole trajectory planned where you were going to mm-hmm. work so hard to get mm-hmm. there, and then they just saw yeah. whatever it was in you yeah. that was connecting with their style or their choreography. Mm-hmm. I just love that you remember that first piece you saw with such specificity. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's one thing that I always really regret or 
wish I could do. I, I'll be completely blown away by an artist or a piece, but I don't remember mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. specifically what, what it is. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even recall any of t- Tony's or Yuri's pieces, but I know I love them mm-hmm. and I know that they, you know, really are impactful that way. I think that's so cool that you remembered it. It definitely sounds like just a connection. You guys, your style, mm-hmm. your energy was, mm-hmm. you know, on par with, with theirs yeah, so it, yeah. it happened yeah so then did you um just go and start working with their company right away uh yeah so i was dancing with them and i still need i still needed to finish school so i was doing mm-hmm. that at the same time uh, i apprenticed with them for a year and then um was a full company member the year after that um well, i guess i was apprenticed for like was it a year like a like a for real kind of full year season because i joined in like half like mid-season with them mm-hmm. And did you feel behind technically? Did you feel like it was a challenge? Oh, yeah, the first time. Yeah, the first day that I was there, I was just like taking class with like it was a ballet class and like Peggy Sweet Roy was, wasn't teaching which oh, she Peggy. normally teaches oh my gosh, she was like taking class like kind of like kitty corner from me I was just yeah. like what am I doing here like this, <laughs> what is that did she dance with them or she did she dance just... with them yeah she was one of the OG uh, oh, cat, uh, company members she was like one of the OG dancers in my life who I looked up to when I was yeah. a little mouse at MDT she was the <laughs> rat queen and she like nobody ever did okay one woman Kelly did it just as pretty well but like yeah. Peggy was like the one yeah. who could do, who just killed some of those roles. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, I definitely was like, and then I remember like I, w- I was just super nervous, and it, it that took me a really long time to get over. Like I feel like I didn't even fully get over it until I left the company. But like especially like that first year, like I remember it was like maybe maybe like a monthish or so after I started, my head was just kind of like getting in my way, right? And so uh, Yuri kind of pulled me aside, and he was just like, "Don't rush. It's okay." We got time. Don't rush. Hurry up, but don't rush. Yeah. And then I was, and that definitely helped me out a lot. I mean, there's a there's a lot of Yuri sayings. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna write this That's down. good life advice. I'm oh yeah. <laughs> think of for those of us overachievers in New York running around the mm-hmm. rat race all day long. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely after that, that that helped out a lot. It's so great to um, be pushing yourself, though. Like, be somewhere you really want to be, mm-hmm. that company where you feel inspired and have to kind of push yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you mentioned a while ago that you like uh, being involved in works that feel like they have a really strong intent. Mm-hmm. I look for there to be a clear anchor hmm. in the work. I've been in a couple works, and I've seen a lot of work where it's just I just couldn't – I couldn't figure out and not necessarily like professional level works where i've seen a lot like that but like mm-hmm. i remember like um there was this nine by 22 work that i saw and i was just like i could not figure i could not figure it out like it wasn't even kind of like a maybe sort of a thing maybe it's this maybe it's that it's just like it just there's so many left turns or it's just like mm-hmm. and then i was thinking like maybe that's the whole thing maybe it's that's the anchor of it like how can we throw people off while yeah. watching this and so with nine by 22 you know there's the feedback after each work and so i asked and he was just like no and i was just like okay well Thanks for kind of wasting my time there, but whatever. Yeah, so you <laughs> yeah. like to feel like there is something being communicated or something that you are getting. Something that I'm either getting least, or yeah. just something something that is just anchoring the artist in mm. making their work. Mm. Some sort of foundation that they have going into the work. It can change and morph as it's through the process, as a lot of times that happens. That's, that's mm. a great natural process. But if the person, like if the choreographer isn't doing their homework – you know, coming into rehearsals, just like repeating, just trying and and trying to and trying to fish stuff out, but not really effectively fishing stuff out. Yeah. I get really frustrated. You got to go home, do your homework, 
and then you got to come to rehearsal like okay guys this is what's on the docket this is what we're going to do these are these are what i these are my plans this is my ideas what i want to try to do for the day and if i see a work and if i'm if i can't identify the anchor or if it feels like the anchor is just like really kind of uh topical and superficial in a sense and not really well done because if it's topical and superficial but still kind of like really creatively well done then i'm like all right yeah that's cool that's cool i can dig that but if if it's both in the in the the red then i'm like oh this is not fun yeah i like that way of thinking of it and i always ask about uh, that sort of thread because i just find it so relevant to to me and how i absorb work i just i guess i feel like these days i see a lot of works that are highly abstract and don't strike me with any particular resonance mm-hmm. or idea mm-hmm. and similarly i just i don't know what to do with those no. um it's not that it can't be abstract or that it can't be open to interpretation but i guess for me i like you know i want to f- to feel something mm-hmm. or to have an idea occur to me or or just feel like i'm getting something out of the piece and sometimes i think people are i just think it happens a lot these days people are kind of exploring movement and choreography without making you feel anything yeah. or having an idea so i like the sure. idea of an anchor i think sure. that that's a really good way to put it sure. you're looking for yeah. there to be a vision there mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. popping from the choreographer yeah. you know the exploration though i feel like is good too if it's like as long as it's like a true exploration like you know mm-hmm. you're seeing things that you haven't really seen before if it's just kind of like yes. a regurgitation yes. like like a like a regurgitating exploration then that's just kind of like yeah there's no growth well, that's a good point because if it is exploration, then it's almost like if you're exploring kind of a new way of moving or something mm-hmm. you can tell, then it's mm-hmm. interesting. Actually, I just saw a piece. I don't even know how to describe it, but they were sort of – the dancers were walking through the space most of the time, and they were, like, moving their hips in a really interesting way, mm-hmm. and then they would move a different part of their body in a similar mm-hmm. but interesting way. So they were kind of isolating this very – this certain type of movement that felt really different. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really cool because yeah. it, it was exploratory mm-hmm. and it felt different. Yeah. It felt interesting. But I guess I was, yeah, I was using the word exploration more as a euphemism before. Like sometimes <laughs> yeah, they're, sure. just, they're just, they're just choreographing. Yeah. Yeah. But what's there? What's exactly, underneath yeah. it? Like if what, it looks cool, there? that's one thing, but like, what's the next step? What's yeah. the next level? If it looks cool mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, it's dealing with social injustice or it's dealing with quantum physics or it's, or it's, Dealing just even just with like you know simple relationships and stuff, then it's just something you yeah, know. Yeah, it just looks cool, then. Well, and if it looks cool and it feels like it's really expressing the virtuosity of ballet, or like really putting an exact point on a technique or mm-hmm, something, then mm-hmm. maybe I can appreciate that. It's like wow, this is a pure expression of the technique mm-hmm. that is really beautiful. Sure. But to get there would take an effort and an. an intent to mm-hmm. do to do that yeah and yeah and stuff. just like that just like kind of what you were saying like that is the intent of it it's just to kind of like the anchor yeah that, exactly yeah yeah um so what brought you to new york why did you uh, sure leave two and go on to well maybe i don't know if you i guess you stayed in minnesota for a little while after that but yeah. yeah, sure. So um, when I was with Xenon, uh, they really wanted me to come in for uh, Kyle Abraham. He came in to set a work. Um, and I auditioned for the company, and I got in. And I was originally not supposed to dance with them until the next season. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they were rehearsing in the day, and two was rehearsing that night. So I was kind of going to try to do like a little double-double situation. Mm-hmm. But instead of coming in next season, they wanted me to come in like as soon as I could because Kyle was going to be coming into a uh, set of work. Mm-hmm. And like I already had a reputation of like being able to do breaking and other hip-hop forms of dance as well. So the artistic director like knew that and, you know, wanted to take advantage of that. And then after that, like I just kind of – I just wanted to stick with two dance after that. I didn't want to burn myself out. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, dancing day and night would be actually – 
pretty. <laughs> it'd be fun, but <laughs> at the same time, yeah, exactly. Like realistically, it'd be like your body is is gonna be rough. You could be beat up. But anyway, though, so um, I was dancing with two dance for five years, oh, wow. and then um, after that, I think I was just kind of feeling like a little uh, cooped up, maybe. Mm-hmm. Basically, I finished out that season, mm-hmm. but after that, I was just like, all right, well, let me put my feelers out and see where else I can, you know, where else in the world I can go. Maybe a year before that, I went and did Salt Lake uh, Salt Dance Fest in Salt Lake City. Oh. Super fun at that time. It was so much fun. Uh, uh, so I had like, you know, hookups there, had connections there. I had uh, a few friends from college from the years before that moved here already. A couple that had moved to to California. And then I had made friends through Salt, through Salt Dance in Florida and then in Utah and Colorado. So I was just like, all right, well, let's just go fishing. Let me see what I got. Yeah. And so I sent a I sent a message to Kyle, and he's like, "It is actually perfect timing because one of my dancers isn't going to be able to do this work for a performance that we're doing. You can come in and uh, do the do, and it might be able to go into a long term thing." It's just like, "All right, great. That sounds good." That's a great springboard, and it makes sense. I think that over time you might feel a bit restless and mm-hmm. like ready to move on to a new city mm-hmm. and new opportunities. Yeah. So and getting away from that Minnesota winter was definitely nice too. Oh. So. <laughs> Yeah, to the New York winter where it rains instead of snow. Yeah, but that cold. I'm, 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 I'm bummed about the rain instead of snow. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely happy with it not being like you know, a solid like negative twenty for yeah. like a week or something like that. Two weeks. It's not as cold. <laughs> um, cool. Well, so you've been in New York for a little while now. You, yeah, yeah, you hung just on. Well, yeah, yeah, just yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I made it. I, I was like, all right, if I can make it past the two year mark and not move back, I'm like, I'll, I'll feel good. Yeah. And so it's been. It's gonna be five years this year. So. Yeah. Great. And what are you working on mostly now? You mentioned choreography and teaching. Sure. Are you also you're still dancing? What are, what's your main focus? Sure. Um, so uh, I've been working with uh, Rafael Xavier for, like I said, the last few years. Um, in Philly. Uh, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of back and forth to Philly and stuff, which is cool. Like it's easy, yeah. like two hour mega bus ride. And Philly is an awesome city. I love Philly. It's really, really great. We have uh, we have been having a little bit of a break. We're not, we're not going to be touring again until early fall. Been doing that stuff, um, and then also uh, been developing classes. Uh, I've taught while I was on tour with Raf, and then uh, a few times in Minnesota, um, a couple times at Two Dance, and then uh, once at the University of Minnesota. And I call it Lit. It's a uh, Laplante's Integrated Technique, oh. um, and it's basically like it started off when I was thinking of doing it. It was just kind of an amalgamation of some Gaga ideas, uh, some contemporary ideas, like pulling from Horton and some other kind of like I don't want to say general contemporary ideas but mm. kind of like kind of basic ones and then um, breaking so I was just trying to figure out how I can mesh all that stuff together um, and right now I've been trying to like develop it into like like version 2.0 I really want to try to like you know teach here as much as I can mm-hmm. but um, like the format for my class version 1.0 if you will was kind of like a Gaga-esque start and then going into phrase work and, and things like this like you know trying to develop like you know people being comfortable like on their back and their shoulders and things like this but then i would like as i was doing like research and stuff um to try to figure out how my classes can stand out to other people here i saw that that was like a lot of what people were doing like starting off Mm -hmm. with like kind of like a gaga-esque beginning improv and then doing some you know phrase work and floor work and stuff so i'm like okay all right well how can I flip it now? Mm-hmm. So right now I'm really trying to study up on some of the classical techniques that I didn't really study on when I was in when I was at the U. When I was at the university, um, the three main kind of modern techniques that I studied was uh, Horton and Lamone and like Alexander inspired uh, modern. 
So trying to remember, like the Horton stuff, I can remember really easy because that's one of the things that we did regularly at Two Dance. And then also, you know, being here, you know, I can, you know, definitely do research and be like, all right, well, I'm going to go hit up a Limon class. And you can't really do that in Minnesota. Yeah. So, yeah. So trying to figure out how I can like pull all that stuff together as well as the stuff that I was doing already in 1.0 with like the Gaga, like kind of uh, inspired uh, uh, improvs and breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a great idea, especially to bring breaking together with something a bit mm-hmm. more i would say accessible um maybe that's yeah. not right but maybe from like the layman breakers no, perspective yeah, yeah. it just seems like it, i mean it seems dangerous and scary like i really i mean it is around on your head which i'm sure is not level one but yeah. like bringing that together with another technique yeah. um that feels a bit more mm-hmm. a bit easier more natural is such a brilliant yeah idea yeah and and i'm not the it's not an original thing it's not like i'm the only one doing this Mm. but i'm just trying to figure out like how i can do this you know yeah and make it your own exactly exactly so so i'm doing that and then there's um yeah that i I, I was talking to raf about that i was trying really hard to try to figure out what i want to call it and stuff it's good it's very accessible (laughs) everyone understands it yeah thanks Mm -hmm. yeah and that's kind of like like with the choreography stuff that I'm trying to do, um, that's like the, like the crux of it is accessibility, actually. Because mm. that's my biggest – that's the thing that worries me and I guess kind of – maybe not disappoint because that kinda, might be too strong of a word. But the thing that definitely worries me about dance is like you go to a dance performance and nothing has really changed about this. But well, maybe it has. I don't know. Um, I never really studied that aspect of it. But you go to a dance performance and 90 95% of the audience are either dancers um, – or parents or lovers of the of the performers like you go you talk to joe football about some dance stuff he's not gonna know anything what you're talking about he's not even gonna want to see it you know because it's gonna be way over his head he's gonna be like you know i I don't get it i don't get it and that's dumb because it's just like it's just like it's just like looking at a painting that's moving like you're not supposed to get anything you're just supposed to watch it observe how you feel that's it and if you get something from it, that's cool. If you get what the choreographer was intending to do, that's even better. Because that's like, I feel like if anything, that's a that's just that's just showing a connection that you guys have, and you guys should probably have a conversation afterwards or something. You know what I mean? But like, so the whole thing that I'm trying to do is like that. I want to try to do is try to figure out how I can make dance as, as accessible as possible. When I was living in Minneapolis, my friend Nick Lemire and I, we did these improvs across Stone Arch Bridge. Um, we originally had it as kind of like, uh, just like, oh yeah, that'd be kind of a fun, fun idea. Like just as like for us to do it. Right. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, this is actually really important because Minnesota has such a great dance scene that unless you're a part of it, you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember living there and I, I would tell people about that and like, wow, there's like that, there's dance like that in Minnesota, like here. And I'm like, yeah, like just check it out. Go like, you know, just go check it out. But, like, you know, if they don't know about it, they're, they're not going to know where to see it. So my whole thing was trying to bring that type of stuff out to high foot traffic areas in Minneapolis, um, Stone Arch Bridge. Mm-hmm. We would do improvs across Stone Arch Bridge. take, like, about a half hour to do it. But every time we would do it, like, you would have at least one or two people follow us to the end. And, uh, and ask you about? Do, or just to watch. Or? Just to watch. Okay. Just to watch. Sometimes they would clap. Um, you know, sometimes there would be more people. Uh, and, and that was the whole point just to try to get people to be like, Oh, oh wow. What's this? Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I also did a, uh, I did a piece under third Avenue bridge. Okay. It looks like almost like a, like a theater. Mm. Like the only thing it's missing is a proscenium, which was the word I was trying to think of earlier yeah, for the Southern. It, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Coming yeah. back around. But yeah, it just looks like just this big concrete, like square. It looks like almost like a gray box, if you will. You know? So I was just like, this is 
there's got to be something here. There's got to be some dance that happens here. Yeah. So I was sitting on it for a long time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I was thinking like, okay, well, let's just make it easy and light for people to watch. So the whole intent behind it was fun. And then I started thinking like, all right, well, where am I going to be getting, like, where am I going to be driving the movement from? So I, what I did, and this is kind of like a process that I did uh, a variation of with a piece before I did with David Rue. We came up with gestures and then we mobilized and exaggerated the gestures. I took that another step further with this piece. And what I did was I video interviewed the dancers and um, I just asked them really simple. It was just a really light interview, just asking them really simple fun questions like what their favorite food was when they were a kid like all stuff pertaining to when they were a kid what their favorite cartoon was did they have like what their favorite sport was what um did they have any pets what were they like um did you have siblings like just trying to just like think about them and describe uh their past like their favorite fondest parts of their past as a kid and then what i did is i took their interview uh their their gestures from those interviews from those interviews and i used those gestures to be the basis of the work and my hope was that my hope with doing stuff in that sort of trajectory is the way i feel about gestures that's like the most universal and basic human dance if you think about it like yeah. that's the stuff that everybody can see like if somebody if you see, see somebody going across the street i mean obviously it's like you know a localized sort of a thing like you know one gesture in one country is going to mean something else in another country but still nonetheless like if you see somebody like talking to somebody and you're going they're going like this they're obviously they're like they're they're exa- they're excited in some sort of capacity whether it's good or bad, you know. So it's just trying to I just want to try to figure out how I can use gestures as a form of really basic human movement and show that the dance language isn't really a language. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, that would be relatable because it's gestures that everyone would make mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, gestures associated with their thoughts on their childhood mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's such a great standpoint yeah. of relatability mm-hmm. did you integrate the videos with the dance piece or did you show the dance piece and the videos had oh. only purely been part of the exactly yep the, the the videos are only research okay. the videos are only research oh, um so i also like i would i said that with them too just like i made that you know clear with them just so they mm-hmm. felt even more comfortable mm-hmm. you know um they're my friends and stuff but still like you know if you're video interviewed like some people are like oh i know so, yeah so definitely like that and then just trying to be as like thinking about music too about like how i can use music as different points of of accessibility and stuff like uh how can i use like pop songs and things like this to try Mm -hmm. try to trigger like emotion i mean i think dance is inherently relatable as long as there sort of is that anchor Mm -hmm. i think maybe that's part part of why i look for the anchor and part of why i like things that aren't too um, abstracted and academic, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah, because, academic is, yeah, I mean, I still like, uh, pieces that are just have a very clear emotional resonance because it's fun. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's relatable to everyone. I think Joe football, as you say, mm-hmm. <laughs> could sit down and watch, um, like some of the pieces Michelle Dorrance does, uh, that are just like big tap ensemble, fun, honky tonk kind of pieces mm-hmm. like anybody would watch that and think this is so cool i'm having so much fun mm-hmm. it's a very clear like the the music is just fun it's a clear feeling mm-hmm. um actually and then some of the stuff she does with like the blues combining blues and tap is crazy and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have you know i remember thinking god i didn't know like you could feel sadness from tap but mm-hmm. you can i just I, I love it when things are not too difficult to understand. When the artist yeah. isn't trying to make, yeah. make it too hard. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. anybody can see dance and listen to the music and feel something. And 
be on the same page. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. It's and it, it's and that's like I'm not trying to say like to not challenge the artist because that's always important. But like mm-hmm. I feel like 90 to 95 percent of the people that yeah. don't go is because the they already they already feel it's like it's over their head. Like they can't understand. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like it's already too mm-hmm. academic for them. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And are you doing any um, choreography and? Um, public kind of dance works here in New York City? Sure, sure. Um, I haven't haven't felt the need to do that here just because it's New York and that's like one of the things New York is synonymous with is just Mm -hmm. the arts and dance in general. That's You know, so I feel I haven't had, I haven't felt the, like the actual need to do it. Well, and and Minneapolis is so funny because it actually has some of the best performing arts culture Mm -hmm. and artists Mm -hmm. in the country um, and a lot of institutions that are renowned worldwide. Um, not just in dance, but theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people outside of Minneapolis and even in Minneapolis don't really realize that. Exactly. It, I mean, um, it's not just because I'm from there and I think it's great. Like, exactly. It really yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously we have some bias. <laughs> obviously, artists. we have some bias. Yeah. But it is the truth, though. I mean, like, yeah. unless you're in the unless you're in the cut, you don't know. Yeah. You have no idea. So we have to open it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but yeah, so with here, like, I have, like, three like two or three really big dance ideas that i've been sitting on for a while just because i haven't really like been pushing out to do a lot of choreographic work here that much one is an easy evening length work Mm -hmm. um that's gonna be that's gonna be about death um i just remember like on a train one day uh going into work it was like february like super cold i think it was when the arctic vortex was here Ah. so it was like you know minnesota cold and i was just like this is terrible this is awful. And I look to my left and I look to my right and everybody's in the same sort of boat, right? They're just all like, this sucks. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I'm just like any good idea. It just hits you really hard. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's what, that's a good idea for a work. It's like, mm. it's, a, it's a broad enough but strong enough anchor where you yeah. can do some things but not feel limited. And so then I was, I was just thinking about like, well, I'm on this train. Like, what about like different transports of death? Like how many, like different, uh, in different mythologies, like going from one world to the next, like, mm-hmm. and the different vessels that they use. It's just like all these, like, like all these ideas kind of came into my head. Yeah. And so like, that just kept on snowballing. And then before I knew it, I was just like, shit, this is, this is going to be a long piece. So you can't really like, you know, as a new choreographer, there's not really many venues for you to, or opportunities for you to try to like pump out like mm-hmm. 60, 50, 60 minute work. So... I have a couple of ideas that are basically like um, not quite like fully full length evening length works, but they're like, you know, they're easy, like 30, 40 minute works. So I'm like, all right, Chris, well, let's try to think of some stuff that's like not going to get you into like full, full on, like long work mode. So um, I have uh, uh, these ideas of doing like these little like batch dances, if you will, like just like Mm kind of like short snippets and kind of like link them together, kind of like Legos and like in a sense. Right. Um, and then in the immediate future, you'll be touring, it sounds like, and working more with um, yep. Raph. On yep, yep. Um, we've been touring the same work for about almost two years now. So he And the new work he's working on now I don't think is going to be quite as extensive with people in it, So I don't, uh, with uh, company members. So I don't know if I'm going to be in this next work, which is kind of – I'm kind of bummed because, uh, like I said, I really like hanging out with him and, and, and working with him. Yeah. But, like, you know, I totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. And then time to execute a new exactly, idea. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. I'm not like I'm not like, oh, what am I gonna do? I'm more like, okay, well now I have this time and I don't have to worry about like like having so much foresight of like, all right, well there's this opportunity, but will it clash with the possible touuring situation? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So Yeah, it can be hard to plan around Exactly. Around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right. yeah. Cool. Well thank you so much for doing this. this was yeah, really fun. thank you. Thank you.